This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. Last year, FTSE 100 CEOs received average total remuneration of £4.8 million, a rise of 12%. Income for the vast majority is stagnant, so that represents a record of just over 200 times average total pay in the private sector of under £24,000. Basic pay for the bosses of the UK's biggest companies rose 2.5%, but it was the variable elements of pay, so-called long-term incentive awards and deferred bonuses, that accelerated. One of the themes running through the reporting year has been that of a shareholder spring, based on shareholder unhappiness and unrest at what the owners perceived to be excessive pay increases for directors. The number of protest votes against remuneration practices at companies' annual meetings has risen, and in some instances heads have rolled or planks have been walked. These events have been monitored by Dr Bang Dang Nguyen and Professor Raghavendra Rao. What's their view? Right, uh, the answer is yes and no. Yes, because if you look at uh, popular press, and every day you have a story on how shareholders revolt against uh, executive pay. But no, if you look at uh, how effective is this uh, movement, so far, as far as I, uh, as I know, there are only uh, four successful cases that, that um, imply one of the top 100 firms in the UK. So if you look at the numbers, it seems that it is not that important and that the movement seems not to be effective. So effectively, Professor Rao, it's more of a media invention than it is a reality. Both from the point of view of a real someone, a real spring, or from a shareholder spring or a shareholder someone, I don't think there is any. It's essentially a bunch of isolated incidents, which the media is, is picking on. And I think it's good for the media to pick on that, because at the end of the day, if you go back to the Arab Spring, um, the only reason why people would actually take arms against any kind of uh, you know, oppression is if they know that other people are willing to do the same thing. So the more media attention there is actually given to such isolated incidents, there's a possibility that it may spread a little. Personally, I am not that convinced it is going to do so, simply for, for a very simple reason. When times are bad and you're not making any money, when any kind of, it doesn't matter what you're investing in, nothing really seems to be making very much money. You put it in bonds, not earning very much. You put it in shares, not earning very much. You get a little annoyed. But on the other hand, if you, everything is going well, you know, stock prices are going up to the roof, bond prices are going up to the roof, everything is, the economy is growing, nobody really cares. I mean, it's, nobody cares that their company is not as performing as well as it could be performing as long as the returns are positive. When the returns start getting negative, then people say, wait a minute, why are we paying our shareholder, uh, our executives so much? Why are we giving our board of directors a free ride? That's when you actually see this, and it happens every time in the cycle. So downturns in the economy, you see this evidence of loss. Looks like a shareholder spring, but it kind of peters out when the economy goes up again. Five to ten years ago, chief executives, the leaders of the major companies, they were heroes. As Professor Rao has just been saying, successful growth, economic growth, everybody enjoyed it. Today, they are villains, even though the circumstances are beyond their control. That's true, and uh, maybe it is because of the nature of the incentive contract that firms have with the CEOs. So basically, when the economy is in the upturn, 
uh, then you don't see the problem. But it seems that when the economy uh, either downturn, then the CEO seem not to be uh, to, to 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 take any responsibility for uh, or any financial consequence for for this downturn. And you see that in in CEO pay in the UK this year. So the economy is zero growth, but then on average, top executive in the UK has something like 12% of uh, increase in pay. When CEOs are appointed these days, and the search is on for some very prominent figures to become CEOs of major companies, what are shareholders looking for in addition to a good CV, a good track record? Are they looking for added value? I would say so. I mean, if you, one of the problems is essentially pay is sticky. Right? So none of us, for example, if we... If you get, um, we may not get a pay rise every year, but we certainly get very upset as as managers or as executives if we, someone cut our pay. So what seems to be what seems to have happened is pay is taken off during points in time when the market is good. When the market turns down and companies are doing badly, pay hasn't gone down. In other words, so what's happening is what was appropriate five years ago doesn't adjust downwards very easily, which is a part of what causes the outrage. Hold on, I gave you a lot of money, the shareholders are saying. I gave you a lot of money when the economy is doing well, but you're keeping that money even when the economy on the company is not doing so well. So from the manager's perspective, it makes sense. Right? You know, why would my pay be cut? I'm exp- I've got a certain standard of living. I've got a mortgage to make. I have a house to keep. So I'm doing exactly what I've always been doing. So I'm not sure that um, the problem, you know, the problem is understandable, but with the exception of additional firing, with the exception of CEOs actually being terminated, there is little possibility that the pay will actually come down. Dr. Nguyen, you've been nodding in agreement. Anything to add? Actually, I agree with Raghu because uh, this is nature of uh, the current uh, pay contract with uh, the CEO. I mean, it's sticky. Uh, when when everything is good, then you see that you know uh, CEO salary, CEO compensation package increase so much. But when everything is bad, um, CEO pay is not adjusted to uh, according to firm performance. That 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 the problem. And I I could understand that some shareholders are shocked when they see that uh, firm performance is not good, but then the CEO pay is not affected. But this is due to the very contract they have with the CEO. That is likely to change, isn't it? Because measures are now being introduced by the Trade Secretary here to control the pay of top executives. It's being suggested that actually he's not done enough. He should have, he should have put a, a cap on it at a year at a time as opposed to allowing pay measures to go on for three years. What's your view of that? Well, having some kind of regulation on the amount of pay, which you maximum amount of pay, which you can pay is probably a good thing from a different perspective. What matters to most of us is not our absolute pay. What matters to most of us is our relative pay. So in other words, if I get a pay raise, say uh, I'm a CEO of a company, I'm getting a million pounds, and I get 1.5 million at the end of the year, and I'm thinking, wow, that's great, until I find my next door neighbor who's running a very similar company. His board has given him 4 million pounds. So suddenly a half a million pound increase doesn't seem very large when you compare it to someone next door. That's actually called uh, the late Wobegon Day effect, which is essentially 
goes back to the old uh, Harrison Keller book, you know, Lake Wobegon Days, where all men were handsome, all women are beautiful, and all children above average. We place that all children are paid above, uh, were above average by all CEOs are paid above average. So in this particular scenario, if the government puts into place a rule which essentially says, okay, you cannot be paid more than X percent above the median or whatever like that, at least it will have, a, I guess, a... Um, a small effect on that ratchet, the ratchet effect, which we, which I've been talking about. Looking globally at CEO pay, is is that is is that ratchet effect available or visible there? Yes, uh, you see it in many countries. Uh, in the U.S., obviously, I mean, since uh, two thousand seven, uh, there has been a proposed law, uh, which is called say on pay, shareholder say on pay. So basically. Uh, legislators in the U.S. want shareholders to have a say on how they want to pay uh, the top executive. The problem is uh, that the idea is very nice, but how to implement it. And uh, so uh, it started in 2007 and in 2008. Uh, in 2007, um, Barack Obama, before he becomes uh, president of the U.S., he was senator and he, he allowed the, the proposed law to be discussed at the Senate level. And uh, then in the new um, uh, Dodd-Frank uh, law on financial services, uh, say on pay is one of the things which is required uh, by, uh, by the law. But then it is still mandat- uh, it's not mandatory, it is just advisory. Not, it is not binding. Okay. So um, in, in Europe, we see uh, the same movement. Uh, in France, for example, um, the new president, François Hollande, uh, want to impose a limit on pay of firms that, that are partially owned by, by the, the government or that, that is wholly owned by, by the government. So basically, they want to impose a limit like 400,000 euros as fixed salary for uh, CEOs of those companies. And they also want to encourage private firms to follow the example. So we're not alone in this country. To add a little bit uh, to Bang's point about uh, global pay, one has to also remember that pay is actually, to a large extent, set by the U.S. in the sense that U.S. executives travel pretty much much more than any other kind of executive. So you would find a U.S. executive taking a job in Japan but demanding U.S. pay scales, which is another reason why the ratchet effect is global. Because mobility, for, from a top executive's perspective, is based on the global market, not on any individual market. And if a norm spreads from the U.S., it will pretty much spread all over the world. Thank you both very much. This programme was produced by Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series.